Listening to this podcast is a beautiful way to gain insight and learn actionable steps that you can carry forward in your own life. But what if I told you there was a way for you to join in on the conversation? Well, here is your formal invitation to do just that. You can tap into a very free online community of like-minded people who came here to do the very same thing you did when you clicked play on this episode, to heal, grow, and expand their knowledge. And they are just as excited to talk about what they are hearing on this episode. I would be so honored to have you join us each week in a live group call over on the Peanut app. And if the thought of having to talk to a group makes you want to bury your head in the dirt, don't worry. Your participation is absolutely not required. You are more than welcome to just listen in on the live pod. If you are new to the Peanut app, it is a safe space for women to connect. Whether you're navigating fertility, pregnancy, motherhood, or just seeking a supportive community, Peanut provides access to that community filled with like-minded individuals who are there to listen, share information, and offer valuable advice. And they just so happen to have a live podcast feature, which is where you will find me discussing these topics among that community. The link for the Peanut app and my Root and Rise Peanut group are in the show notes for you. I'm looking forward to hearing your thoughts on today's episode and introducing you to this loving online community that I've built. And if you have any suggestions for topics you want to discuss in future pods, I would love to hear from you. Now, let's get into the show. Hi, friends, and welcome to the Root and Rise podcast. My name is Brienne, and with each episode, I intend to plant some seeds of insight, help you water them with love, and send you off with a little extra light to help you root and rise. Today, we are talking about how to deal with triggers. But first, I would like to acknowledge you, my listener and friend, for being here with me today. You are the reason for this podcast. I appreciate your presence, and I'm really excited to help you root and rise. To know how to deal with triggers, you have to first understand what a trigger is and why they happen to us. Just to get it out there, this episode comes with a trigger warning. We will be discussing my past experiences with domestic violence, describing triggers, and some of the causes. If you are already too familiar with them or wish to skip ahead in the episode to learn how to deal with the triggers, I am in full support of that. Triggers, or being triggered are intense emotional responses. These responses are nothing like just feeling uncomfortable. If you have experienced past trauma, it is as if that trauma is happening all over again. These can be brought on by things that you might expect, violent scenes in movies or tragic news headlines. For me, hearing the cause of death for Gabby Petito was triggering. As a survivor of domestic violence, it brought back some of my worst memories. It felt like having those memories stuck on an endless loop in my brain. But not all causes of triggers are as obvious as you would think. For some people, it's a place, a smell, a song, or even a date. If you are consciously or even subconsciously linking it to something that caused intense emotional pain in the past, it can all come back up for you with that association. There are neural pathways in our brain that are created with repetition. My past history with abuse established neural pathways that cause me to continue to expect this treatment. And it can cause people to actually seek out that same treatment. This can be seen in my past history of dating, but that is an entirely different episode, not today's. 
But it's like this pathway in my brain that says, if this, oh, well, then that, and then this, and so on and so forth. Until I'm living my worst case scenario in my head all over again, it is like there's no other possible outcome than what I've always known. When I'm triggered, my brain automatically goes down that pathway, regardless of where I'm at physically, emotionally, or mentally. This recent trigger of mine, for instance, caused me to feel unsafe in my own home. My loving, safe home, built with my very stable, respectful, and gentle husband. It wasn't something I had consciously thought of. It just happened. Luckily, our brains have the ability to change and create new neural pathways. This is called neuroplasticity. We can create new, safer, more comfortable neural pathways based on our new reality. In these instances, I can start down that pathway and take time to stop and question each turn of that pathway. For instance, in asking myself whether or not I trust myself now to spot warning signs of abuse, or if I even felt my husband was capable of hurting me, I might take a right turn on the path where my past self and established neural pathway would have gone left. If that doesn't quite make sense, I've linked more research on the topic in my show notes for you. Another thing that's important to know about triggers is how long they can last. I wish I could tell you that there was a set amount of time for how long triggers last. That would just make it that much easier when learning how to deal with triggers. If you knew you only had 15 minutes left, it might not feel so overwhelming. Yes, some triggers might only last 15 minutes, but they could also last much longer. My most recent one with the Gabby Petito case has lasted more than a week. Sure, its intensity might not be a 10 out of 10 all the time, but it hangs over me like a dark cloud. And before we get on with talking more about how to deal with triggers and being triggered, I will always, always, always recommend therapy to everyone, regardless of whether you feel you are struggling in life or not. Just like we have to exercise to maintain our physical health, we have to take care of our minds to maintain our mental health. And everybody has mental health. In the case of my PTSD and triggers, therapy has given me so many tools to heal. Tools that I still use today. The insight I'm offering about triggers is not medical advice. Really, I'm not a licensed mental health therapist. I am someone who has been learning to cope with triggers for over a decade now and wants to help someone else in that same position. Someone has to benefit from all of this hard work I've been putting in, right? At least that's my intention for this podcast. While working on learning how to deal with triggers and being triggered, I believe that we should be exploring this experience. We can learn a lot working through these triggers. Our healing journey will benefit from this uncomfortable work. And yes, it's going to be uncomfortable. But it's important to remember that that feeling is just a visitor passing through your life. It does not live there. I'm all about processes, so here is the process that works for me. This might look different for everyone, so I hope that you can find some value in what I do. I'll give you my own personal examples along the way. These triggers come from my past experience with domestic violence and neglect. For you, triggers might come from a form of abuse, significant death, or another painful memory. There's no right or wrong reason for it. Okay, let's dive right into it. First, we want to acknowledge that we are triggered and try to identify the source. 
You may need to backtrack a little to find that exact moment, or it might be clear to you, like it was for me with the announcement of Gabby Petito's cause of death. Or when I hear couples fighting, that will really get me spiraling. I'll start making up scenarios in my head based on my own past experiences. And it's important to also acknowledge that these feelings are real. Let's not judge them. They exist and they are valid. We can use them as an indicator for an area of ourselves that needs some extra TLC. And then let's check in with ourselves. Now we need to identify how the trigger made us feel. We really need to be gentle with ourselves as we are working through these emotions. They can be pretty overwhelming at times. One of my favorite tools to use for a situation like this are the feelings and needs cards. I'll include a link in my show notes. You can look through these decks filled with different feelings and needs. It helps to see each card and consider whether or not it applies to you. I've used them in therapy and found cards that I didn't even know I was going to be attached to in that scenario. Just to toss out a few examples, emotionally, we might be feeling disrespected, betrayed, unworthy, judged, or excluded. Mentally, we might be feeling disorganized, overwhelmed, checked out. Physically, we are flooded with higher levels of stress hormones like cortisol. Cortisol is what plays a huge part in the fight, flight, or freeze response. Physically, this might feel like a tightness in your chest, a high heart rate, or sweating. Okay, this next part is going to sound really weird at first if you have not heard of this concept before. I fully believe that we should thank the response that we feel from our triggers. They served a real purpose at some point in our life. They kept us safe, alert, or gave us the space that we needed to heal. By taking the time to really thank that response for the purpose that it served, we can recognize that we no longer need it in this moment. It's much easier to let it go after feeling gratitude for it. And then, be aware of your reactions right now. Take the time to intentionally and thoughtfully respond to the situation, not react, or remove yourself from the situation until you can self-regulate your emotions. We don't always have the same mental or emotional capacity when we're triggered because so much of our brain is occupied with the trigger and flooded with intense emotions. That's okay. If you can't respond, just be sure that you are not taking this past trauma out onto whoever triggered you. While they may still be in the wrong, it's unlikely that they deserve this intense reaction from you. You can return to that when you are more collected and regulated. Next, use your voice. I say this one is optional because you do not need to lean on someone else for support right now. Although I always encourage to ask for support in moments of need like these, I also understand that you may not have that support around you. If you are with someone who feels safe to you, you can voice your experience to them. You can also work to prepare those closest to you for how to handle your triggers. This will help give them a clear idea of how to best help you and not offer comfort in a form that will feel patronizing or might further intensify your emotions. It can help to talk about different types of situations, like being in public. Personally, I don't want any attention drawn to me while I'm triggered in public. My husband and I have a secret signal for when I'm triggered in public. I use this to alert him without anyone around us realizing it. I will hold his pinky in my fist and squeeze for a few seconds. 
this signal is something very deliberate, and also something that is not just naturally done. It stands out to him. And then ask for a break. I think it's perfectly healthy to take a time out when we are feeling triggered. If we want our support person with us for this, that is okay. But it's also 100% acceptable to ask for a few minutes alone to self-regulate. It's crucial for the next few steps, and especially before returning to the situation that triggered us to begin with, assuming that's something that we even want to do. The next step, start using some breathing techniques. I talked about square breathing in my episode on mindfulness in everyday life. For this technique, breathe from the stomach and not the chest. You inhale for four seconds, hold for four seconds, exhale for four seconds, and hold again for four seconds. This technique calms the sympathetic nervous system, which is that fight, flight, or freeze response system. Being aware of your breath will help bring you back to the present moment. Square breathing also helps regulate and calm the parasympathetic nervous system. This regulates the heart, breathing, and cortisol levels. If you are a parent, this is a wonderful thing to practice in front of your child. In doing so, you are demonstrating a healthy skill that will benefit them for life. Sometimes we forget that there are actually benefits in allowing our children to see us when we are highly emotional. We focus so much on wanting to make sure that they only see the best sides of us. But what is that really teaching our children? I grew up with a mother who only showed me her best side. She locked herself away when she wasn't in her happiest state, which was majority of the time. And I cannot fault her for not being happier. Happiness is an emotion and not a realistic goal to aim for or a realistic expectation to have of anyone else. No one feels any emotion 100% of the time. But I can't help but feel sad for the little girl in me who was never shown how to be anything but happy, who felt that she could only show up in this world as this bright, happy, charming person. I speak about this a lot in my episode on playing small. We don't need to be our best selves for our children. We need to be our honest selves and show them how to navigate challenging emotions. And please... Don't feel bad for me. I share this because I am much more aware than I was as that little girl. I have grown through these experiences. I have benefited as a parent from these experiences. You can hear more about that in my episode on intergenerational trauma. I feel empowered because of my past and have chosen generational healing. Another really great coping technique for how to deal with triggers is the 54321 list. You start off by listing five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things you can smell, and one thing that you can taste. This forces you to focus on the present moment. And if you have physically removed yourself from any triggering scenarios, That present moment is a much safer reality than the one that you are currently stuck in mentally and emotionally while being triggered. Hydrotherapy, or in this case, cold exposure therapy, can also help bring you back to the present moment. Splashing my face with cold water, taking a cold shower, or just rubbing ice across my face has helped remove me from some of my most triggered moments. There is something about that immediate attention to feeling cold that stops me dead in my tracks and brings me right back to my present moment. It's worth a shot at the very least. 
The next tip that I have is to keep a few really strong, empowering, positive affirmations on deck for when you feel you need it the most. Sometimes these are referred to as coping statements in those situations. Please choose one that resonates most with you and what you feel like you need in that triggered moment. To give you some examples, positive affirmations might sound like, I am safe. I am capable. I have overcome. I can handle this. And if you have a chance and the space to do this next tip, you already know I'm all about it. Journaling. Doing some writing exercises can help you to get the thoughts out of your head. And it also helps to create space so you can detach from those thoughts a little bit. I will link some journal prompts for when you are feeling triggered in my show notes and on my blog. Bookmark it and use it when you need it the most. One of my favorite writing exercises is brain dumping. You may have heard me talk about this on many occasions. A brain dump is literally what it sounds like. Dump everything occupying your brain right now. Write out every single fear, anxiety, worry, and thought. I'm afraid you may have misunderstood that statement. When I say write out all of your thoughts, I mean every single one. This may take five minutes or it may take 20. There's no right or wrong way to do it. And don't worry about your spelling, grammar, or making mistakes because it's not meant to be shared or even read after you write it. This is meant to purge your brain of everything. Get it all out of your head so you can move forward without it. Now, get moving. I've been reading a lot about the stress cycle lately and why it's so important to actually complete that stress cycle. I know a lot of the time the solution to stress is self-care. You know I'm a huge advocate for self-care. I have multiple articles on my blog for self-care. I will include the links in my show notes if you need any ideas for activities of that. But when you are triggered or in the fight, flight, or freeze mode, choosing self-care first is just a band-aid on the situation. The best thing that you can do in that moment before trying any form of self-care is to relieve the stress. Your body is wanting to fight, flight, or freeze. So do that. Release that energy in one way or another. This can look different for a lot of us based on our natural response. If your natural response is to fight, complete that argument in your head or on paper. Or if you are more of a flight kind of person like myself, maybe try going for a run or a walk and imagine yourself physically distancing yourself from the problem. And if you are a freeze kind of person, try some body clenching exercises. Clench every single part of your body for five seconds. Release and repeat. You can remain frozen and release that stress. This helps me fire all of my muscles, release stress, and then actively relax, which intentionally helps my brain and heart relax too. If you have kids, you can also just have a mini dance party. Shake it out. I guarantee that they will find it incredibly entertaining and have a ton of fun. Release that energy through your dance moves. Shake, bounce, jump it out. And then find a way to calm yourself. This would be a great opportunity for that self-care that I mentioned earlier. I do have that link in the show notes, so go check that out. I also have some favorite teas and supplements that I use to help calm myself down when I'm feeling heightened. There's no plug here. Just speak with your healthcare practitioner first before starting any new supplements. 
Really, I highly recommend finding a naturopathic doctor that can support you on this journey. They have the knowledge and expertise needed to help find the root of any problem, whether that be trauma, diet, lifestyle, or even hormonal. I'll link the most reliable source hands down from my experience working with naturopathic doctors and nonprofits. You can go to naturemed.org and use their Find an ND tool. Having this calming support can also help you level out your stress hormones. Getting mine in check really helped me to reset the baseline of my life while working through my own past traumas. It made coping with the challenging triggers in therapy sessions a little bit easier. Consider it. I will forever be an advocate for naturopathic doctors. Before we go, I'd like to encourage you to use this energy from this trigger as a momentum to help others, to help a greater cause. If you are not in a place to offer help for a cause that caused this trigger, that's okay. I understand. For years, I have known that I wanted to help domestic violence survivors. And for years, I have known that I was not in a position to offer that. So I got creative in the ways that I offered help to others. I ran donation drives, organized blood drives, and made this podcast. My writing and my recording have been an outlet to offer guidance and support for others. There are so many different ways for you to help a good cause. Even if it's just walking some cute dogs at your local animal shelter. Any good service is good. But when that time comes and you feel like you are ready to offer help to someone struggling in the ways that you are now and have been, I hope you jump at the chance to step in. You have the passion that cause needs. And you are gaining insight and experience right now that people are going to be able to benefit from. A huge step in my healing journey recently has been reaching out to domestic violence groups to offer my help. I'm really excited that I've made it this far, and I'm really excited to be more involved. And don't put a timeline for yourself on this expectation. Years ago, I thought that it would be just one year until I was ready to help out with domestic violence groups. And that wasn't the case. I wasn't anywhere near it. Be gentle with yourself and give yourself time on that healing journey. But do find a good cause to help in the meantime. Well, friend, I hope that you have found a way to advocate and care for yourself while you are triggered. Or at the very least, know that you are not alone experiencing these very real, very valid feelings. Thank you for tuning in to the Root and Rise podcast. As always, I am so grateful to have you here with me today. I hope that this has brought you some insight and inspired you to root and rise in your own life. I love hearing from you. So please follow me on Instagram at root and rise podcast and be sure to send your comments, questions, or just reach out to say hello. I love making new friends. If you would like to review notes on today's episode, head over to rootandriseblog.com. Make sure to subscribe. And if you loved what you heard today, or know someone who would benefit from hearing it, please take a screenshot and tag me to share this on your social media. My name's Brienne, and until next time, I'll be sending you so much light so you too can root and rise.